0: Welcome, welcome, welcome! Two three nine, uncensored, everything Southwest Florida and beyond, and we have a great podcast today. We have a a friend of mine. We became friends through the through the business. I have Stefan Catorno with me, Stefan. Here you are. I know you've used the studio before, but here you are. It's great having you as a guest. Thanks for having me. I love being in the
1: studio and it feels a little different being on the other side of the microphone of the stage, so it's kind of neat.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about that. You know, you you do have your own podcast and we'll talk about what that is. You are a senior vice president and partner of Touchstone Wealth Partners uh, out of Benita, right? Yeah, yeah, out of Benita with,
1: with UBS. And uh, so UBS, for anyone listening, UBS is the largest global wealth management firm in the entire world. It's a huge, huge firm. And Touchstone Wealth Partners, we're fortunate to be one of the top practices in America as far as wealth management. Yeah, goes.
0: so that's big, big money, and we'll talk a little bit about some financial stuff here in a little bit because obviously we're kind of on a little bit of a teeter-totter roller coaster. And
1: I, I noticed. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: noticed. I have my uh, financial person call me and she said, we might need to change a few things. You know, we'll we'll talk about that. And then you're often seen on Wink Wink TV, right? Wink News.
1: Yeah. So I'm the host of Money Monday. Yeah. Um, every Monday morning, a live segment on Wink News where uh, we discuss various degrees of finances.
0: Yeah. So you're the finance guy and and I love finance. I kind of know enough to just kind of keep me out of trouble or get me into trouble. But really to dig into that finance piece is, is really a, a cool thing and, and kind of one of the hobbies I have. and. Maybe it's it's good or it's bad, but um, now what brings you? I think you you moved and relocated to Southwest Florida in two thousand eight. I did. You did
1: your homework. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So so here's my story, Tim. I mean, in two thousand eight, we all remember the 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 Great Recession, right? Obviously, it was an interesting period of time everywhere, especially down here in Southwest Florida. Uh, My wife and I were from New York, born and raised, uh, born in Brooklyn, grew up in Staten Island, New York, and uh, lived in New Jersey for a few years before we came down here and. My mom was a semi-snowbird at the time. She came down maybe twice a year for a few days each time. And every time I came down, it was just a quality of life thing. I just fell in love with this area, the the beautiful weather. Just, I mean, everything about it, as you know, is just gorgeous down here. And I kept telling my wife I really want to move down to Florida, and she kept giving me some pushback, as you would expect. And one day she kind of said we were on a trip down here. We were going to be flying back to New Jersey at that time the next morning. This was like 10 o'clock at night before the day before our flight. And uh, I said, you know, what do you think? And she said, you know, I think I would look into it. I said, well, hold that thought. Wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Open door.
1: Open (laughs) door. So here I am. You know, I know we're flying out the next morning. Um, I'm like, I need to act on this while she's she's thinking this way. And I called a realtor right away literally before we flew back home, our house was for sale. And I told her, and this was February of 08. You remember very well. Oh, that, was, that was when that things was a- were just starting to decline. Yes. Um, and, and I yes. told her, I said, listen, I'm I'm a big believer in what's meant to be is meant to be. So let's put it for sale. If by the end of the year it's not sold, then it's not meant to be. And 14 days later, the house is sold. And uh, we had some decisions to make. We had to find a place to live. We had to tell our parents and and family members in general. We didn't tell anybody at the time because we didn't know if it was even going to happen. So moved down here, didn't really know anybody. And uh, it's been a great experience.
0: Yeah. And the good thing about moving down to Naples or moving to Florida, it's kind of like you, you wake up and, you know, we know other people are on vacation. Sometimes we're working, but it's kind of a semi vacation, I guess, in a way. Um, But it's just, it's a good feeling. And then it's very fun to call your friends when, you know, it's 35 degrees there, or or let's go less. Let's, let's go 15 degrees in, yeah. in New York and Brooklyn, right? right? And it's 85 here. That's they, a great they, thing.
1: They don't find those conversations fun by <laughs>
0: well. the way. Now,
1: now the new thing is a, a relative will say, my dad does it all the time. How's the weather there? I said, do you really want to know? And he usually says, not really.
0: Yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And I'm originally from Maine. I've been down in, in Naples for 30, right, right about 34 years. So I, I've kind of really become this is this is obviously my place
1: sure but you've seen a lot of changes down here oh my gosh years, it's been I unbelievable yeah it's, yeah, it's been um,
0: and you have too two, since have. 2008 I, I, and
1: but i look back as i say you you know 30 years i can't even imagine because in 14 years this place is i mean when i moved yeah. down here people were leaving right yeah because of right, a recession. right now i mean now as you know as a realtor i mean everybody's coming down here it's the complete opposite so uh, i've seen a lot of changes
0: yeah no it's great and and again i think everybody who comes to visit they're like i think this is the place You know, this is where I want to be, Southwest Florida, 239. This is this is it.
1: The word is out at this point. Everybody knows about this
0: place. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely the thing. Now, we know you have a a love for business and entrepreneurship, and we're going to talk a little bit about your podcast that we, we help out with that a little bit. Tell us about that. You know, why is that?
1: Yeah. So I'm an entrepreneur, right? I run a team, have uh, business partners and uh, Touchstone. Actually, it's interesting. We're kind of unique. We have three different locations within UBS. We have an office obviously down here in Southwest Florida. We have an office in Toledo, Ohio, and also an office in New York and New Jersey to to work with our clients there and meet with them regularly. So we're entrepreneurial ourselves. We have a team of 35 people. We manage like $4 billion in client assets. So it's a big unit. And I say that more because I want to instill the fact that like we practice what we preach. So we work with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of professionals and What I love is running a business. I mean, to me, that's so much fun. So when I go back to kind of what I was, you know, in maybe 11 years old or so, I always had a passion for the markets. Growing up in the financial capital world in New York, I mean, that was something that I was exposed to at a young age. And at age 11, I was watching the markets. I was following stocks. I was learning the basics of what they were. And I even was charting stocks. I had graph paper at the time before you could do it on a computer, right? And I would keep track of certain stocks. I'd look at a newspaper and see how they're doing. And every day... Graph and, and chart those stocks to see what the trends were. So I was always interested. Anyone who knew me in high school would say that there was no doubt they knew I was going to be in business to some degree. Maybe not what field exactly within business, but certainly that's where my passion's always been. So I love entrepreneurship. I love businesses.
0: Yeah, and that brings me into the next thing. You have a podcast. And we actually help produce some of them, some of the podcasts, which which they're great. very I mean, your guests are incredible. It's called the key ingredient. You can get that pretty much anywhere podcasts are downloaded, correct it's
1: anywhere anywhere yeah,
0: so yeah. it's it's fantastic. Tell us a little bit about why you started that podcast, and I, I know you've had some really cool guests on there as well.
1: I've had some pretty good success with some good guests, yeah. and I, I hear that a lot. A lot of people ask me about that. So let me Kind of tell you the premise and how it came uh, came came to fruition. It was only about a year ago that I started the podcast. It feels like it's been many years, right? Um, and as you know, it's it's a lot of work. It know? is. It's also a lot of fun. So I mentioned I'm an entrepreneur. I love everything business related. I have had a passion for entrepreneurship for so many years, and I mean more specifically following other people and what they do in in their life. Billionaires, you know, the Larry Ellisons, the the Bill Gates. Uh, the Jeff Bezos of the world, and you know, I've I've read a lot of the books on them. I'm not as big of a reader. I actually like audio. I right, same way. I love audio. the
0: car, driving. that's what I do. Tell me the story.
1: Exactly. So I was doing that for quite a while. Many, many years ago, I started just following these stories of these really successful people, and and trying to understand what it is that led to their success. And that led to podcasts as well. I listen to podcasts all the time about these type of topics also. Um, so I said, you know what? It would be great to have my own podcast. But then, of course, like anybody, you know, what are you going to talk about, right? It's nice to have something, but people need to find value in, and want to listen. So right. for me, it was why don't I just take that passion of entrepreneurship and what learning about entrepreneurs and translate that into the key ingredient. So the premise behind the Key Ingredient Podcast is that everybody, whatever their level of success is in their lives... and They don't have to be entrepreneurs. I mean, you could just be really good, caring people. Um, What is it that led to their success? And what was that key ingredient or that key moment, um, which many of us have had? For some, it's one moment. For some, it's many that attributed to us going from one level of success to the next. And uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: I find it really interesting that people are interested in what you have to say. You know, so it's kind of, it's kind of funny. And now with with my podcast and, and this show is about you, but my podcast, I like to have the fun, throw in a little flavor, not be perfect, it's not scripted. It's kind of like the more craziness we can get, but then also there are times where people come in and we talk about charities, we talk about maybe something that happened critical in their lives. I had just recently a, a couple podcasts where I had some young ladies that came in and explained some things that happened to them that are that are are very Tragic and but but also informative and letting people know and hear that story and people really want to come in and tell it.
1: Isn't that great? Yeah, it's great. It is podcast. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's the new radio yeah. and it's just it's just great because you can pick and listen to whatever it is that interests you.
0: And yeah, you're driving it. home a day, right? Long day. You're like, all right, let me listen to this. You right. know, and you can, it's on demand. It's ready to go. Well,
1: and that's what's great as well. And since I listen to them all the time, I mean, I'll pause them. I'll pick them up later. You can take the dog for a walk. You listen to it for a few more minutes. I mean, you're in the car, wherever you are. You can always listen to them. I mean, it's really great. Yeah, it's
0: great, great stuff. Let, let's talk about some of the guests you've had. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm jealous.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um so I'm fortunate. So in our business and our practice, I mean, sometimes we're able to get clients as guests and sometimes it's uh, clients, friends who are able to come to us. So they've been various ways of getting guests. Um, to kind of highlight a few. I mean, the, the feedback that I get usually and to highlight the ones that everybody seems to like and pretty much the, the most downloaded ones as well. I mean, the one that comes to mind for most people is Ryan Serhant. Yeah. Um, I know I know you yeah. love that one. Yeah, so, it's a so great. For anyone listening and watching who doesn't know who Ryan Serhant is, and I think most people do at this time, at this point, but uh, Ryan is one of the stars on Million Dollar Listing on Bravo. He's one of the most well-known. I think there's no doubt he's the most well-known realtor probably in the world at this point. And-
0: Now's the time to take care of our sponsors. This episode of the 239 Uncensored Podcast is proudly sponsored by Florida Pro Realty. If you are buying, selling, renting, or in need of property management, please give us a call or visit our website at www.FloridaProRealty.com. Thank you to our sponsors, we're back. One of the, besides Tim Duran. Well, besides yeah, yeah, you, yeah, I of mean, I, I'm, well, I'm right there.
1: Well, Listen, he doesn't host the two three nine podcast. No, so.
0: he's trying to get there. He,
1: he, he is. He is. He's watching you very carefully. You're right, but but no, listen. Ryan's story was amazing because here he was. He was a hand model moving to New York, and in 2008, Lehman is collapsing, and he's trying to figure out how is he going to become a realtor. Renting apartments in Koreatown and doing, you know, just crazy things to try to make it. Now you look and you say, "Wow, has he built such a great business?" In fact, during the uh, pandemic, he started his own firm. So he left Seekers. he was top producer there. He started Sir Hans his own firm. And Ryan was a great. uh, Ryan's a great guy. I'll tell you that right now. But the way he thinks is unlike almost everyone else you'll ever meet in your life. He just thinks big. People ask me all the time. what do they have in common? There are certain traits that people have these successful entrepreneurs? One of the biggest is they think big, really big. I mean, he does everything. He has a podcast, okay? He has the TV shows. He has his own um, courses on real estate. I mean, he has his own TV shows on YouTube, and you just name it. Um, pretty terrific. So he was a great story. He was one of the biggest download ones I had. Another big one was David Hoffman. Yeah, you also amazing know amazing guys David Hoffman was a great story because here's a guy who's a multi-billionaire, extremely successful. Unlike what most people would think, came from nothing, which is a great story. That's always good. Love the, this true American story. And uh, David Hoffman, you know, from Missouri, comes over to Naples, and next thing you know, he's buying like all of Fifth Avenue in Naples. And I was like, "What's this Hoffman person all about?" You see the name every the, every building. Every building has a that plate on there. You see blacker. the plaque, and, yeah. you know. Over time, I start saying I'm seeing this name all the time. I look at Hertz Arena, and now it's you know the, bought by Hoffman. We're hearing about golf courses. There was another one last week that was just bought by them, and they're buying everything. They own restaurants, and so David Hoffman Taco Hoffman's,
0: Tequila, I, Taco I believe.
1: Tequila, exactly. And then he, I
0: think when he goes to like he needs a sign for his business, he just buys a sign company.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> why, why not? Right? Well, it's amazing because you think again about the trends and how people think differently. I mean, for David Hoffman, he. Bought the Naples Princess, right, which is a cruise line for you know those who don't know down here sightseeing, and then he bought Naples Transportation, kind of go hand in hand, makes a lot of sense. And here he goes, and he buys connectivity, no no doubt about it. He bought Hertz Arena, and then what's the next logical move? He buys the Everblades team that plays there, right? Why not? And his response. So I, I said to David, I said, "What made you want to buy Hertz Arena?" He said, "It's the only game in town. You want to see a concert, you drive two hours." plus north to Tampa, where you go two hours east to uh, to Miami. So it's the only game in town. Very, very smart. We've had Michelle Tafoya, who's uh, NFL right. sideline reporter. I mean, absolutely great story as well. And one of my personal favorites, actually, is a really good friend of mine, Julia Spillman. Not as well known as far as her name, but a lot of people may know the real estate team, Eklund Gomes. Eklund, mm-hmm. uh, Frederick Eklund, another million-dollar listing star, mm-hmm. big personality, recently left million-dollar listing, announced that not too long ago that he's not going to be on the show any longer. But Julie is the CEO of the team. And I will tell you, talk about a boss. I mean, she is just amazing. She was a realtor on the team. And then one day she told them, listen, you guys have this amazing business. You're doing so much sales in real estate. I can help you elevate it and take it to a, a, a new a new height. So what they did was they weren't even doing a billion in sales at that point, which I say that like that's like yeah, yeah. a billion's a big deal. So yeah. they break a billion and it's a huge deal. And, Last year, they did $4.5 billion in real estate. Would it be? Would it be? Now, yeah. they're a massive team. They have yeah, uh, right. locations all over the United States, but just another great story, and the way that she tells her story of how she grew up in Kentucky, and again, these are things that I just love to tell these stories because we all started somewhere, and you know we go back, and I like to take people back really to grammar school or even high school. I did that with Lois Tomey from Wink News, or Matt Devitt, you know, the meteorologist at Wink News. All great guests, and to kind of hear... Where their passion was. For some of them, they always knew they were going to be in the profession they're in. For some, they had absolutely no idea. They thought they were going to be. Lois told me thought she was going to be a dentist.
0: Yeah, so, that was a great story. Yeah, yeah it was she's great. Terrific. Yeah, it's wonderful. And the good thing about it is, you know, you try to obviously select people that are, that are strong entrepreneurs, but you also focus a lot of it right here in Southwest Florida. And I think that, I mean, we, we, have got some pretty good ones.
1: Yeah, we, we do. We have a lot of good ones and there are more good ones on the way. I could tell you that right now that are in the works right now. Um, but you're right. I started more nationally when I was trying to figure out where to take this and with some of the bigger names that people kind of follow And locally. I mean, there are just some really, really great stories. We live in a, a very wealthy area, obviously, and there are a lot of people who have had success in their own right. And I say that because some are just not just entrepreneurs, but they're philanthropists. So they're doing Thank good you. for society. And I say that's important not to confuse just money versus, you know, being, being a good person. And we have people down here that check the boxes for all those things. It, and uh, look forward to having many, many other guests on the show.
0: It is amazing. Now, you lived, obviously, lived in New York. And now you're here in Naples for quite some time. You're, I would say you're pretty much, uh, you know, settled here I'm and you're, and you're there, good. Yeah. What makes Naples different? than any other place you have ever seen?
1: Love that question. So, um, so for me, so I will say that I was in practice before I moved down here. And I think that's important. So it wasn't like I came down here to get into the wealth management business. I had a, an established practice up in New York, New Jersey. And I just said, you know, life's too short. You know, I could either retire down here one day or I could do it now. And uh, so I moved down here. And like I said, I didn't know a lot of people. So to tell you what's different is it's much smaller down here. In New York, I mean, I always tell people you could go a very long time without seeing the same person twice, right? You know, just Manhattan alone. I mean, you don't see, right. unless they work in the desk next to you, you're not going to see the same person that often, especially on a subway or anything like that. Down here, it's different, okay? Obviously, it's a wealthy area. There are a lot of people who have had lots of success in their life, but it's a small area. So for me, when I came down here, it was a little bit of a different, more unique approach and I'll highlight that if you want a little bit because I do get asked that question. Yeah, sure, i love that. Um, When I came down here, didn't know anybody. Again, my mom was a semi-snowbird. I had a practice up in New York. I did not have a single client in the state of Florida. So for me, it was like, okay, what can I do? How can I meet as many people as possible? And I kind of went on like a campaign. It was like a coffee. What I said was I would try maybe once a week to meet with some stranger, um, usually some kind of a center of influence, so whether it's a realtor or whether it's an attorney or CPA, and buy them a cup of coffee get to know them a little bit, kind of like I was running for mayor, mm-hmm. learn about their business, and then see if there was any chemistry with the two of us and see what I could do ultimately to try to help them. And in turn, hopefully they can help me one day. That once a week coffee turned into once a day coffee turned into about three to four times a day. And wow. yes, I was heavily caffeinated as people would ask, but but I did drink water and I, I found a happy medium for myself. <laughs> so I would camp out in a Starbucks down here and I would meet with people, and it was almost like a speed dating, even though I'm, I'm not I'm Not, not singing, dating. Right. Not exactly. looking for a date. Exactly. <laughs> but for me, it was about how can I meet all these people? So I did that, and I started forging relationships. And the ones that I felt there was something there, some kind of friendship and chemistry, we would take it a little bit further. And that grew to a professional relationship. And then I got to the point where as we started establishing clients down here, as you know, clients have needs. They move down here. They need a realtor. They need a CPA. They need an attorney. They need a physician. And, uh, and I was in a position to be able to help them. So what I would do is recommend these other professionals. And over time, those other professionals started recommending me to people who needed to change their financial advisor when they moved down here. And, and the business, like I said, has grown substantially.
0: Yeah, true meaning of networking, synergy, the whole. But But it doesn't come by just sitting around.
1: It doesn't. And that, you know, that's another trait with entrepreneurs. And I'm probably guilty of that myself. I don't sit around. I am not the type of person, my wife will tell you, I just don't sit around the house and do nothing all day. I'm either thinking about work, thinking about what I could do to make it better, enhancing the client experience, growing the practice. What guests am I going to have on the podcast and so many other things that I do. So yeah, you don't want to stay idle because just bad things happen when you don't do anything.
0: Yeah, correct. Correct. And we were talking earlier, I retired a year ago, it'll be April 2nd. And you know, I I've got a lot going on. I, I have a lot of things going. I got that entrepreneurial spirit, at least the spirit's there. Yeah. You know, and you're hoping, you know, to, to do it. And to me, it's not about the money. It's about getting a team together, being successful. All clapping when we sell a house. All clapping when we all graduate from a real estate class. All clapping when we pass the state exam. Yeah. It's more about just seeing that stuff go forward. And you know, with the podcast, is a great way to you know get information out and. And just enjoy that. But the problem I have, and, and you probably have the same thing, and we had a, have a couple of guests that are in a similar situation, is it's hard to stop that in your head from, sure. from you know, just, you know, how do you balance?
1: You know, um, great, great question. Um, so balance is, you know, you, you you hear lots of different ways of balancing, right? For some people, it's just turning off. Um, and being able to do something else so family you know work ba- work family life balance i'm not very good at that um, <laughs> i will i will tell you i am blessed to have a wife who understands that she did from the very beginning so for me it's just intertwined it's not really balance uh, i do know people that literally turn their phone off at a certain time of day and they don't check it again until the next day i would i would not be able to do that i don't know about that i'm the same that. way i'm the yeah, same way yeah so i am uh, i'm working even when i'm not working right. and i do it cuz i like it Okay, there's a difference between you're just bogged down with so much work versus just really enjoying it. Like you mentioned about really liking what you're doing. The money comes, right, right. Um, it sounds cliche, but we hear a lot of people say you have to do what you love, right? And then you'll never work a day in your life. And to some degree, it's true. I think for anybody now, the the, the landscape of business has changed so much. I mean, when we grew up, it was you went to go work for, uh, an organization or a big business or whatever. Nine to five. Exactly. Nine to five. Now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. And I could tell you, and I'm sure you would tell Nine
0: to 1230. A lot of well, people exactly. want to do it now.
1: <laughs> I don't think everybody realizes that. You're exactly, it's not that easy, right? Because right. you have to have a certain mindset to want to be an entrepreneur. Right. Um, so to answer your question, I don't balance the two. They intertwine. I am good with that. My family is good with that. We go on vacation. I don't take a lot of vacations. I don't want to right? There's a difference between not being able to do it, not wanting to do it. When I'm on vacation, I am still checked in, okay? I don't turn that phone off and hang out at the beach all day and drink a pina colada, right? I am still present with my business, but I will tell you, one thing I've learned as well is you surround yourself with great people. Our team has 35 people on the team now. We have a lot of good people. The saying is, any entrepreneur says A players hire A players and B players hire C players, right? So I have found that by having the best people on our team, Really makes your life easier. It does, you know, listen, I've been doing this 25 years. So every once in a while, it is nice on a Saturday to check out, right? Right. I do that more than I used to. Right. And to be able to do certain things like that, know that you just have really great people to be able to help you. Or if you want to go away for a few days with your family, you could do that. To me, that's key.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, as I I work my butt off for pre-vacation, right? So when I'm on vacation, I'm always checked in a little bit. You know, yeah. I kind of like, hey, I gotta check out. And and I too have the support you know it makes it good where somebody doesn't get mad are you looking at your phone no i'm trying to make you know <laughs> you know 2000 dollars here <laughs> well, <laughs> or, yeah. or or 5000 or 17 or whatever whatever the number is but this is part of the reason why we can go on vacation
1: no no doubt you're exactly right so you can't just shut off and not do business at all right Right. i mean that's still important and
0: a lot of people want just a quick just hey he's there because i know when we email each other it's usually like within a couple minutes very well i think we're
1: both like that we're both very quick whether it's a text or an email you're hey we're good we're good yeah we're good good. we don't need to
0: we don't need to discuss a lot but yeah it's good so we're we're very much the same in that way and it's, it's great so let's talk a little bit all about the financial piece. We got a little bit, a little bit of time here, you know, give us a little rundown on the situation we're going through right now. I mean, it's, it's kind of fragile roller coaster. What's going to happen. Can you kind of give us crystal ball? Yeah, version?
1: I'll, I'll try my best <laughs> boy. You know, it's, this is, this is an interesting uh, situation because where do you begin? Right. I mean, right. I, when I, you know, before I started my career, 87 was obviously, you know, a, a big, a big time period when it came to markets and declines, but I, I remember it well and I got into business, 2000 was, was the internet bubble, right? And at first, right. and that was a big thing. And of course, nine eleven tragically happened and we had the great recession of 08. And then here we are, a pandemic. You know, one thing I learned is that there's always something, we just have no idea what it's gonna be.
0: I mean, what could possibly happen? A pandemic or maybe a war or something or, you well, know?
1: Well, you know, I, I guess if one <laughs> of us five years ago told everyone, listen, we're gonna have this pandemic, we're all gonna have to work remotely from home for like two years, the world is gonna stop. We would think we were crazy. would think we were crazy, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so here we are. So you look back, you know, right before the pandemic, the economy was actually doing really well. The stock market was towards all-time highs. Everything was good. Interest rates were still a little bit low because the Fed lowered them in 2008, but they were starting to raise rates a little bit. Um, so the economy was on good track. And of course, unfortunately, we had to shut down the entire world economy. The world. Boom. We literally went home. We all thought it was going to be for 14 days to flatten the curve. And uh, it lasted a lot longer than that. Unfortunately, so many lives tragically were lost. And, I mean, just a terrible, terrible time period. The unemployment rate going into to the pandemic is a 3.5%. So it was great. And then as you remember, I'm sure, and everybody else watching, we had this this pandemic occur, and the markets started going on thousands of points every single day. Boom. Okay. Yeah, I remember it real well. Yeah, <laughs> I right? watch them. Yeah, so and I'm had, not even in the business. Well, and that's the thing. So the markets went down you know, 40, 40 plus percent in a short period of time. In fact, it was the quickest correction, quickest decline ever in the history of the economy. Wow. Okay. Luckily, it also ended up becoming the quickest recovery ever in the history of the economy. So here we were at that point. The unemployment rate went to like 14.7 percent businesses shut down. I mean, I'm kind of telling everyone everything they remember, but just to kind of put yourself back in that moment, um, the economy shut down. So what does that mean? So the market went down because markets always look ahead, right? Markets knew that earnings would be low. How could restaurant businesses do well, right? Um, No one's buying real estate. No one's buying cars. No one's buying anything. So what, what would that look like? I mean, look at gas prices they dropped, right? There was no demand. You had Hertz getting rid of all their cars and down the road, having to get the cars all over again, right? So, so, so all of this happened, and um, and then we hear 14.7%. But uh, unusual, the situation was that the markets actually did very well in 2020. So let's fast forward a little bit. The economy is for the most part open, right? Almost everything is at this point. The unemployment rate is like 3.8%. Um, pretty much everybody wants to work is working. We have record number of people uh, of job openings um, that people just can't fill which is amazing. It, it's
0: shocking. Where did everybody go? It, you
1: know, that that's that's
0: the thing. Where did everybody go? <laughs> they didn't go? all pass. <laughs> no, know?
1: no. And that's the million-dollar question that most people have. But uh, but for the sake of time, I'll, I'll fast forward right. just a little bit. And so here we are. So the markets are doing okay. We started the year with two main obstacles. The first we came into this year was inflation. Okay, and what's the Federal Reserve going to do about that? And I'll, I'll mention that again in a second. And then, of course, the Ukraine-Russia uh, tragedy that's happened yeah, as well. Yeah, that's terrible. So that brought the markets down quite a bit. I mean, you blink, though, and here you find yourself again. Markets are not that far off of all-time highs. The Dow Jones is only 4 or 5% off of its all-time highs. So the markets have come back. But here's the thing, and this is the key for anyone listening right now, is where do we go from here, okay? Inflation is 7.9% and, and most likely going higher at this point. Interest rates are historic lows. The Federal Reserve raised rates you know, a week or two, or two ago, and it looks like they're going to continue doing that. The Federal Reserve is going to have to continue to raise interest rates. That's going to add to the volatility. So I think this is going to continue to be an elevated year as far as volatility goes. I think we have a while to go with that. We're not out of the woods. But if you peel the onion a little bit and you look at the, the demographics and the, the geopolitical events and everything that's out there, what you'll find is that corporate earnings are still very strong. Interest rates, while they're going up, are still going to stay relatively low. There's no other alternative, right? There are not a lot of, obviously your world is real estate. So this, when you're in high inflationary environments, you want to own um, a real asset. That could be a a piece of real estate property or it could be equities or stocks. Um, You want to own something like that. That's how you combat inflation. So the Federal Reserve right now, and I get this question all the time, is why are they raising rates? They're raising rates so they could slow down the economy. This is a balancing act that they're going through right now because what they're going to do is they're going to keep raising rates most likely at every meeting this year which is every six weeks, and they're in hopes of slowing the economy down just a little bit. So it finds a balance? That's what they're going to try to do. That's what makes this so tough, because think about it. The Federal Reserve right now needs to slow the economy down, okay, to a point where they don't do it too much, because if they do it too much, then we end up in a recession. So they need to slow it down to get prices down. And I think real estate's a great example, right? You look at... The amount of money I could borrow on a mortgage right now, with interest rates so low, I could get a much bigger home. Right? Correct. You raise interest rates, all of a sudden that changes. I, don't, I can't, I can't buy as much as I used to be able to buy before that. So that brings the prices down a little bit, maybe, maybe not. Down here, I think it's a little different, to be honest. I mean, it's just huge demand down here. You know better than I do. Um, but to slow down the economy just a little bit. If they slow it too much, like I said, then we hit a recession. If they could find that balance, and unfortunately, we're not going to know how this goes until we look back one day and see how they did. Um so it's really interesting time.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's amazing time really. It's just one of those things where you you know, you kind of kind of got to go with that rollercoaster, right? So yeah. we know when you when you invest in, and especially if you have an age on your side, right? You know, it's kind of a long-term game. You, I mean, it, it is. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Well, you're right, but here's the thing that I've learned in the 25 years is um, you have to have a goal. I mean, most people invest, or years ago at least they did, they would invest to try to just do as well as they could. And that's all fine and dandy, but right. the problem with that is you find yourself taking on more risk than you intended to. I mean, look at 1999, and 2000, people were chasing these technology companies, and then they lost 50% of their value because they were buying companies that weren't profitable. Right. Right? So what I've learned is, is it all comes down to financial planning. And I'm shocked and stunned. And that's why I think part of our success has been what it is, is that not a lot of other teams do as much financial planning as we do. So for you, for instance, I mean, are you trying to beat the markets or are you trying to establish a lifestyle that one day that you and your family could feel very comfortable knowing that you have enough money to do the things that are important to you? Everybody views money differently. Some people, they want to buy a bunch of cars. Some people, they want to buy homes. Some people just want to be able to feel comfortable, to know that they could retire at a certain age, whatever that age is. They could live on a certain amount of money, whatever that money is. They could keep up with inflation. They could keep up with the rising cost of health care and still be able to live that lifestyle they want. Those are the kind of clients we work with. We work with clients, a lot of females, by the way, and I could go on on that for, for quite a bit because we're all about education. But a lot of our clients are more comfortable in these type of situations. So our phones don't really ring when the markets gyrate the way they are because clients already know what to expect. They know it's a long-term game. They know what they're trying to accomplish and you have an end goal.
0: Yeah, it was kind of interesting. The other day I had sold some property that I've had for a long time and I I knew it probably wasn't going to build on it. So I had just like three weeks ago bought a Tesla. Okay. So I'm like, I really like this Tesla. So, and then obviously the, the (laughs) so obviously the, uh, gas is starting to go through the roof great timing yeah so i'm sitting there going geez you know i think i'm going to take this money and you know it's it's not money that i have set aside to live on for the rest of my life but it's a nice chunk of change so i said i'm putting it on tesla I'm, you know, like, it's like going to the casino, right? I'm putting it on Kes- Tesla with a little bit of research and background and thought put into it, not just red and black. <laughs> you know, well, that, yeah. That, yeah. That, so I, the very first day it went down like $29. I'm like, Oh my God. you Yeah. Know, <laughs> $29 per share. Yeah. So yeah. I got a pretty nice chunk of shares. And well, over the last three weeks and today, I mean, it's up over, I think it's at 1100 um, per share. And I think my basis was like around 700 or something. So I was pretty excited.
1: I'm sure you were. That, <laughs> whole, that whole sector. Listen, the electric cars. I mean, yeah. you know, we know where we're going with that. Elon Musk is just unbelievable. Yeah, the things that you yeah. talk about an entrepreneur. I'd like to have Elon yeah. Musk on. Although, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you ever watched him on some of the uh, podcasts. Oh, he smoke, smoke dude. Well, not only that, they, that's not allowed <laughs> on my podcast. But, but the thing is, it's just he's he just thinks differently. His personality right. is differently. Right. They're interesting right. interviews, but yeah. he'd be a fun one to yeah. have. Yeah, it's
0: know? it's very interesting. The thing with Elon though, is if you got if you've got uh, stocks and you're involved in him, w- one little slip or one little thing he says is makes that thing move. It makes the whole, the whole thing move. It does. The, not just his stock. You There's know, a lot of responsibility, that you have to be yeah. very careful. Yeah, And he's been jammed about. up with well, it and sure. they're talking about it. Right. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. very interesting. But last but not least, um, I know that I, I have some of your stuff on uh, Facebook. I follow you. you. You're very much trying to get information out and try to motivate and you know, you you have as, aspiring quotes and things like that. Give us a little bit about that. Do you, do you feel at this point that when you when you deliver those messages, you're kind of bringing a, a good tempo or message to people that might be. Knowledgeable of this you know, or follow you?
1: I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, of course, I release the podcast. People see that. People see the you know, the week news every week. I mean, that's the education. I mentioned education is important. And you know what? We're we're in a time frame we have been for a while where we need positivity. Right? I agree. Um, so for me, it's about sending something out that's inspirational. Listen, I don't feel great every day. I'm not inspired and positive every day, just <laughs> like everybody else. But you know, if you could send something out that, and I have fun doing it. Okay, but send something out, and maybe one person writes and says that they. They, they were touched by it or it gave them a little motivation or whatever it may be. To me, that's a win-win. I, I mentioned education. We are huge on education. Okay. For me, if I could be known as anything in my industry, my profession is to be an educator. Okay. Very different, not a stock picker, but an educator. Right. I want to educate the public on investments, on entrepreneurship. We focus heavily on women. A lot of our clients are women. I love working with women. Women invest so differently than men. It is right. unbelievable. They're more successful at it as well, by the way. Women do better than men do when it comes to investing. Because
0: we're like, I think if you if you picture a a, a Las Vegas movie, right, where you got a man sitting there, he's gonna jam the chips over. He's gonna be like, definitely, definitely, he's definitely. jamming the chips. Where well, the female's gonna lay a couple here, lay a couple there. I mean, correct well, me if I'm wrong. Well,
1: you're 100% right. Men, it's a macho thing, <laughs> right. right? You know, I
0: want everybody to see how many chips I exactly. got.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I want to tell everybody how well I did. And and so you're right. They never tell you when they lose, right? Only when <laughs> right. they win. But guys are willing to take on risk, but almost too much risk right, to some right, degree. Yeah, yeah. um, We're women. So guys want to beat the market. That's kind of their their, a, their thing. Like, I want to yeah. beat the market. Um, women want that lifestyle I mentioned before. They just want to feel comfortable. And yep. that's why women do better. Women are more conservative. Sometimes it can hurt them as well, because they could be too conservative. Right. But if you look at the historic numbers, we just published this recently, our firm, that women's performance in investing is actually better than men. Men are all uh, Women are also much more apt to want to hire a financial professional. They want to listen to them. They ask a lot of good questions, right? They want to understand what they have, but they are willing to work with someone who could get them from point A to point B. And because they're so focused on the financial planning aspect, I think that's part of the reason they do well. So for me, I focus heavily on women. I speak about women often when it comes to investments. There's a cycle where men have been dominating the financial. I mean, when I meet with clients, a lot of times either a female is not present, although we, we've been changing that quite a bit, or the man is just just dominating the conversation. Yeah, that is changing. And as you and I both know, right, when you look at longevity, women outlive men. So there's a really good chance and it happens often that I'm going to be meeting with the female spouse at some point um, to to educate them where they are. So I'm passionate. I mean, I do everything I can to try to educate women and like i said if i could be known for one thing it's about educating it's about educating women and just trying to make people smarter about their money that's fantastic fantastic
0: well Stefan, i really appreciate you coming on this is a great conversation i, I feel like i could go forever i love you, know, <laughs> you know i could and i love this we, like I appreciate yeah having- we just have it and we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen we'll just do it a little bit more frequently sure yeah sure yeah.
1: no I, I listen i love all the things you're doing i love your podcast i love your studio your business is flourishing you're awesome at doing this. I mean, you're just a natural, and uh, and I really appreciate. Just have that
0: fun. fun. That's it, right?
1: Well, that's it. You know, like <laughs> so. You know, my podcast is a little bit more, a little bit more reserved, right? It's right. a little bit more. You know, yours is 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 more fun and open, and I love this. Yeah, episode. but every
0: every little thing, you know, every little podcast has their little niche and what they like. And I, you know, I just enjoy that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We do a great job. Yeah. And, and again, I really appreciate you having me. On.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Two, three, nine up censored everything Southwest Florida and beyond. And we are out. We get a little fist bump in there. Thanks. Great time. Thank Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google podcast. And don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a studio two, three, nine production. That was fun.